hey hey guys it's thursday and you're listening to anchored the podcast that gives you bible-based messages and commentary on what it is that is going on in the christian world right now yes so i've been doing um a little bit of digging into some of the doctrines that we believe in and this week i'm going to be speaking on the trinity the one thing that all christians believe in but we are not all clear on what it means we don't understand it so what i'm going to be doing today is just basically defining the trinity um explaining the trinity and um examining the trinity this is yeah then we're gonna find how the trinity is applied what sort of how is the trinity applied and how you can illustrate the trinity if you like me i send a school teacher and you know the kids ask you things like i don't get it how can he be three in one and one in three? Oh my god so let's get right into it yes 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 let's do that So, um, uh, whilst I was reading around the Trinity, I found a quote that was really, um, that really messed with my head. It says, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny the Trinity, you will lose your soul. And with that statement, ladies and gentlemen, let us try <laughs> to define the Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. Okay. So, how do you explain something that no one fully understands? Uh, you try to explain it by defining it and trying to go through the Bible and see what does the Bible say. So the Trinity defined is we believe that there is one living and one true God who is the creator of heaven and earth, who is eternal, who is almighty, who is unchangeable, infinitely powerful, just, wise and holy. And we also believe that that one God eternally exists in three persons the father the son and the holy spirit and that these three are one god they are co-equal they are co-eternal and they have precisely the same nature and attributes and all of them are worthy of precisely the same worship confidence and obedience and the verses that um, that sort of support the statement that I've just told you are Matthew 3, verse 16, that reads, uh, verse 16 that reads, um, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him, and behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You would find that we have all three um we have all three persons in the situation, Jesus being baptized, the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus, and then um God the Father um making his seal of approval. And you'd also find that Matthew twenty-eight verse nineteen says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to check out more verses, you could check out Matthew twelve, Mark sorry, Mark twelve verse twenty-nine, which reads um, Jesus answered the most important this is when he was talking about the great commandment um, Jesus says the most important commandment is the Lord our God the Lord is one so you know yeah 
So other verses that um, complement the statement that the, the 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 that God exists in three persons and is co-equal, co-eternal, and have the same nature and attributes are. Uh, John 1 verse 14, Acts 5 verse 3, Acts um, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. I don't have the time to read all of them for you, but you can go ahead and read that. Um, now, I'm sure this, this statement is biblically accurate, but I know that it's quite intimidating. So uh, we're going to just drop it down into like smaller statements about the Trinity that is easier to understand. So number one that you need to know is one, there's only one God. There's one God and one God only. Got that? This same God exists in three persons. All these three persons are equal and eternal. All three persons are worthy of equal praise and worship. All three persons are distinct. That, that is, they have distinct qualities, right? And yet they act in one accord. And every each of the three persons constitute the one true god of the bible so yeah i know it's so confusing because you need to realize that when we say um uh, when we say things like when we say that god is one in essence and three in person we say these things meaning that god father god the father is god god the son is god the holy spirit is god so there are not three gods but there's one god hmm the father is not the son and the son is not the spirit and the spirit is not the father but each person is god individually but together together they are one true god of the bible <laughs> like i can tell i can tell all of y'all are just going huh how does that work how does that work so um you know most uh, people who who say that the trinity does not exist would say um how is one plus one plus one equals to three they say that one plus one plus one is equals to three and not equals to one and it's, it's not true that christians worship three gods the doctrine if you want to do mathematics one times one times one equals one that is how the mathematics would work if you're going to just you know do it like that so since we've defined we have defined that the trinity is one one in essence and three in person let's go next now we're trying to now i'm going to explain it i'm going to explain the fact that um god is one but he exists in three distinct persons okay Okay, so now that we know what we mean when I say Trinity, that it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, but they are one God. Let us try to explain it. So how am I going to explain it? I'm going to start by um, just sort of explaining what we don't mean and then explaining how what we do mean when we say that God is one but in three persons. First of all, uh, according to Ray Pritchard, um, we don't believe in three gods. That's heresy. It's called triatheism. And then number two, we don't believe that the Father, the Son, and the um, and the Holy Spirit are like three forms of God. Like you know how water, water is ice, water is steam, and water is like 
like liquid no no that's not how the trinity works that's not if that's what you're thinking that's called modalism okay we don't believe that the father the son and the and the holy spirit are parts or pieces of god like a jigsaw puzzle because then that would mean that jesus is one third god and that um the spirit is one third god and that um god god the father is also one third that that that's not what we mean okay so um we don't believe that there are three gods it's just one we don't believe that there are three forms like having water ice and and, and steam and we don't believe that um there are parts or pieces of one god so if you're thinking that god is like one but divided into three that's not it uh, if you're thinking that God is one, but he exists in three forms, like he can be God the Father, and then switch it up and be like God the Son, and then switch it up and then be like God. No, that's not it. Okay, so <laughs> that's not it. Okay, number two, where do we find the Trinity doctrine in the Bible? So, um, according to scholars, it's you can find it, the doctrine of the Trinity in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's, it's, it's explained by implication and then by direct statement in the New Testament. For instance, you'd get like statements um, uh, in Deuteronomy that in, you'd get statements in the Old Testament that talk about the unity of God. For example, Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says that the Lord is one. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4 it's that there is no God but one. Then First Timothy 2 uh, verse 5 explicitly says there is one God. So everyone can affirm that there is one God, right? And and you'd find that most people thought that when the Bible said there is one God, they were referring that to like God versus idols. Mm-mm, child, no, 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 no. That's not the implication of there is one God means that God is one. There's only one God. Yes, versus idols, but then also he is not three gods in one. Do you understand? I hope so. I hope you're getting it. And then um, it, the Bible you find uh, contains clear statements regarding how um, there is diversity within the unity of God. For instance, you'd find that the very first, very first verse that we 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 of the bible that we we love to sing is that in the beginning god now the hebrew word for god is elohim which is actually apparently according to scholars is a plural form of the word el it's a word that in other contexts is sometimes translated as gods referring to heathen deities but then it's also for us you'd find that elohim is just he is it's a plural form of the word gods but he's one right so later in the same chapter of genesis you'd have like a um you'd find that there's a conversation that ensues that shows us the diversity and the, the diversity in unity of god right god says god says um during genesis he says let us make men in our image in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock over all the earth and over all the creatures that move on the ground so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them that's genesis 1 26 to 27 so you need to notice the shift in the pronouns um it goes from let us in our image 
Then so God created man in his own image. He created him from us to our to he. Why the shift? So commentators usually say that um, it's uh, a literal form of the plural majesty of the editorial we and yeah 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 but genesis um so you'd find that you you see there's that shift from let us in our we're saying that god in his oneness and in his diversity was fellowshipping with himself and he was like let us create and then um god the father then created um man in his own image right are we still together guys Right, so Isaiah 48 verse 16 seems to, to uh, if you read it, it seems to refer to all three persons of the Trinity. And you know how, because right, this is the verse. And now the sovereign Lord has sent me with his spirit, right? How you could read this was, and now the sovereign Lord, that's the Father, has sent me, the Son, with his spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, so so um, we're not saying that Isaiah maybe understood the Trinity or that like the Jewish readers of that time would have understood what it meant but I feel like when you then compare it with the New Testament you can say that you can see uh, how how um, the Old Testament implied the fact that implied the, the the fact that God is the Father God is the Son and God is the Holy Spirit um and you, you you'd find that throughout um, throughout the the Bible, um, he is called God. All three persons are called God in different places. So, for example, you would find um, um, you would find that God, the Father, is mentioned um, by name in in, in in Galatians in Galatians. Um, in Galatians 1, Galatians 1, verse 1, it says, um, mm, um, from Saul in Emissary, I received my commission not from human beings or through human mediation, but through Yeshua the Messiah and God the Father who raised him from the dead, also from all the brothers with me. See? He mentions, he mentions um, God the Father and God the Son, and you find that John 20 You'd find that John 20, um, uh, John 20, wait, I'm trying to, oh wow, yeah, John 20, um, John, John 20 verse 28 also says that, as well as, as well as, um, Acts, Acts 5, 3 to 4. So how could the Son and the Spirit be called God unless they somehow share in God's essence? But if they share in God's essence, they are God alongside the Father. So what are we saying? We are saying uh, the essence of God is in all three persons of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So this is where it's found in the Bible. And then you'd find that all three persons are always almost associated together on equal basis and like a number of passages um like the, the jesus baptism that i read there's the voice of the father the son is baptized and the spirit descends like a dove then um one peter first uh one peter one verse two um it speaks on salvation and how one is chosen by the father sanctified by the spirit and sprinkled with the blood of jesus and then sanctification uh, in, on the subject of sanctifications 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 
um, you have the grace of the Lord Jesus, you have the love of God, you have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, um, the subject of baptism, Matthew 28, um, Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verse 19, um, speaks on being baptized in one name, yet three persons. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say I baptize you in the names of, you know what I'm saying? And then um, uh, Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 21, speaks of being strengthened by his spirit, knowing the love of Christ and being filled with the fullness of God. And the passages might be extended. I can wonder, there are a lot of them, but it shows how um, the writers of scripture passed from one person of the Trinity to another and um always maintaining the equality of their nature was preserving how distinct the personhood is so if the doctrine of the trinity is not true it would seem to be blasphemy to speak so freely of the father the son and the holy spirit in one and the same breath because if, if if it's not true then it means that people have been in essence giving um godhead to to three different gods anyway what am i saying i'm saying that scripture itself um puts on an equal basis the father the son and the holy spirit but in one in one context but in equal parts you find that in terms of the baptism salvation sanctification they always speak a blessing in the name of the one god but in the three personhoods that's the the father the son and the holy spirit so um i hope you you get that that you know all three of them are distinct from each other but they are one all right okay for the last last part i'm gonna examine um i'm gonna examine some of the things that are some of some of the questions i'm going to answer some of the questions that are commonly asked about the trinity like where in the bible do you find the trinity is there another word you can use how do you illustrate the trinity how can we get it and stuff like that so let's do this Okay, so in this segment, we are going to speak on, um, I'm going to answer some questions, just three questions, where where you find the word uh, Trinity in the Bible, is there another word you could use, and how do you illustrate the Trinity? And then next week, we are going to speak on how do you apply the Trinity. So yeah, so you know that God is the Trinity, but is there any practical side of knowing that the God is the Trinity? And um we're gonna we're going to speak more on on how it it is shown how that doctrine unites and divides um, most people and yeah okay mona so where do you find the word trinity in the bible uh it's not in the bible but then <laughs> we don't discard it because it's not in the it's not found in the bible in the same way that um, the word inerrancy is not found, but we say that the Bible is inerrant. So the issue is not the word, but the concept of the idea. We don't believe in the Trinity because of the word, but because of what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches us that there's one God, but he exists as three persons that are distinct from each other. That means that they are diverse, but they are in unity. They are in one essence. All right. Question two. Uh, is there another word we can use? 
yes there is you could use words like triunity you can use like the triunity of god um um you can use um the tree triune or you can use the godhead um so these are some of the words that you, that that mean the same thing as trinity um but the one that i like is the triunity because that it combines the idea of being diverse and unified in the same way now how can i illustrate the trinity if i'm trying to explain it to someone um the <laughs> uh the internet has a lot of suggestions um but you need to remember that you know they are only illustrations um so if you could illustrate um how um how if you could illustrate in how of of how an egg is made up of that was the breast i think put that the egg is made up of a shell the egg white and the yolk and all three are needed for an egg to be an egg you can't have it's, it's not an egg if it's just the yolk it's not an egg if it's just the egg white it's not an egg if it's just the shell so that's that's how you could you could deal with it so um you you need to just explain that the egg could represent one part uh, one person of the of the, of the trinity then the yolk could represent someone else then the egg white because all of the, all three of them have, have sort of different functions but they're in essence an egg when they are together if you separate them there's no longer an egg in the same way if you try to separate um the holy spirit the son and the father then it's no longer it's no longer god it's now something else it's now blasphemy um and also you could you you could try to think it of it as how you are um if uh, if it's me how i'm uh how i can be a wife and i can be a mom and i can be a daughter at, at the same time you realize how some people you're like like a wife you're like a mom and you're like a daughter all at the same time yes but it's still me i'm the same person i'm only one person but i'm all these three things at the same time i am a wife i am a, i'm a daughter and i am um and i am uh, i'm a mother so that's also said how you could explain um you could explain um the trinity but you need to find that some of those explanations have, have, have limitations because in as much as i can be the mom the father and the, the mom the, the mom and the mom <laughs> the mom the daughter and the wife um it's one essence but it's limited um so another interesting um illustration was uh, how a marriage can can also be sort of like an illustration for the trinity um because you know how um husband and wife are considered that they are one flesh add add children and then you have like sort of like a miniature version of the trinity because you have like you know three people but that are one you know like you have the husband you have the wife and you've got the child so it's sort of like a like a small trinity but of course it's imperfect because you know their roles are not the same and they are not equal blah 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 but the illustration would probably go over well with people who don't understand the essence of what the trinity is Whew. all right <laughs> so um um and and you'd find that uh, one interesting fact that i found when i was reading was that how the whole universe is a testament of how he is um you would find that um everything um everything that makes up the entire universe is trinitarian by design so you'd find that 
the, the universe consists of matter, space, and time. If you take away one of those three, the universe would not would not exist. Um, and then you'd find that matter, space, and time on their own is actually also made up out of three other things. So for example, matter is made of mass, energy, and motion, and then time is made of, of past, present, and future. So, you know, it's just like a testament of how Psalm 19 verse 1 is, is, is it was correct, that the whole universe is witness to the character of God. Now, it's, it's important that um, these illustrations that I've, I've spoken about, the only, the only, they fail because they only illustrate, they don't prove that the Trinity um, exists and how they just help us to understand the basic concept so next week i'm going to be going into um the trinity applied and i think how do you apply the trinity you know because it's practical it's not only just you knowing that the father is you know the father is the father the son is the son the holy spirit is the holy spirit and all of them are god it's not like all of them when you combine them they become one god remember they are not in three parts each one of them is fully god and but they are one so I hope um, you're kind of clear on on what the Trinity is and um, you if someone asks you how to explain the Trinity you can have like you know ready illustrations on hand on how to do that next week I'm going to do um, I'm going to do um, how to apply the Trinity and then I think I would have done I would have finished the whole fundamentals of most of them at least of christianity and we can start the core business of anchored which is to inspire you to stay anchored into the word i love you so much guys have a really great week mm -hmm.